1: Charter and Indo askeelige.
0: Time iman iruk ti e of Chacht chart erachar. Agus soiligam amakansha gor fejer echar enuik kiat len ev winterthing. schilti ves, turme.
1: Tashay si dochretche nach ara igornemjan an question ecol. Vi en orkar agin am griv orakar nerachdom. Iatok shet talam griv gor 't even own third find us on all the usual podcast platforms
2: is this my new life
0: Irritability shutting down inside I can't sleep and I'm so is she
1: Menopause is a very real and often debilitating event in every woman's life. But 2021 has been a little bit different because a global conversation is underway around menopause and it goes far beyond the reach of a monthly awareness campaign.
0: 2021 became the year of the menopause because high profile people like Michelle Obama came out and spoke about their own experiences. And you don't get more high profile than her.
3: Menopause is not something that we need to be afraid of. And this year has really proved to be a turning point. We're getting better at supporting
2: women to empower themselves and to educate themselves through this time in their life. Going through the change meant that my life was going to change, but definitely for the better. On today's
1: episode of the Indo Daily, we talk menopause and why we should continue the conversation about the end of a woman's reproductive years, period. I'm Denise Callanan and joining me are Irish Independent Feature Writer Andrea Smith, singer Mary Byrne and Dr. Kiva Hartley, a GP and menopause specialist. We're joined by Irish Independent Features Writer Andrea Smith. Andrea, 2021 is really putting menopause on the map. How?
0: And I suppose more importantly, why? I think, Denise, that for so long people didn't speak about menopause because, well, there were various reasons, I suppose. Um, You know, maybe people were embarrassed. Traditionally, it hadn't been spoken about. So I think that finally high-profile people started to speak and you don't really get more high-profile than Michelle Obama. So once high-profile people started to speak, it sort of opened the door for other women to say, well, maybe I can speak about it too because I think Michelle had a fantastic perspective on it because what she said is what a woman's body is taking her through is important information. It's an important thing to take up space in a society because half of us are going through this but we're living like it's not happening and that is the absolute truth of it. I think that maybe there is a perception that when you're menopausal you're kind of over the hill. You know women want to be seen as vibrant and engaged and sexual and because of the society we live in where looks are what define you and you know your kind of appeal is based quite a lot on how you look and how you present so that's why we dye our hair for example that's why we you know get Botox and all of those things so I think menopause is another facet of it in that we don't really want to admit what's happening in terms even though so many people are suffering physically and maybe are in male-dominated environments where they don't want to admit that they're having flushes. I mean, I spoke to Sheila O'Flanagan in a feature I did in the Independent this week about menopause and she was menopausal at 34, which is so young and so unexpected, I think, you know, because you're kind of thinking of older women, you know, that older women might be menopausal, but Sheila was one of the dealers in the central bank. She had a very senior position at the time. And she said she used to go into meetings and she would start to have a flush and she'd be petrified that people would be judging her and thinking, what on earth is going on? Is she not able for her job? Is, is she panicking because she's not able? Because they wouldn't realise that what was happening to her was a physical response to what was going on inside rather than just say an emotional response, which is what she thought they might think she was experiencing. So I think it's very hard for women, but it's just so timely timely that we are now talking about because, you know, every woman is going to go through menopause. You know, whether you're a nun or you're Michelle Obama, you're going through menopause. When you think of the other symptoms that come along, just hot flashes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a few before I started taking hormones. I remember having one on Marine One. I'm dressed. I need to get out, walk into an event, and literally, It was like somebody put a furnace in my core and turned it on high. You're going through it at a time when there's possibly a lot of stuff going on in your life. You know, you might have children who are probably, you know, a little bit older, maybe teenagers and all the kind of angst that goes with that. And then you might have parents who are elderly. You might be very senior in your career because, I mean, I am 52 and a lot of my friends who would be menopausal at present are very senior in their careers and they have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of people to look after. And they're also experiencing a lot, of, a lot of, of symptoms that are quite serious, you know. And not everybody goes through a very difficult time either, I have to say.
1: And you've researched menopause as part of your own line of work, Andrea, and you've admitted that some women were quite reluctant to speak out about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Because for the feature in the Indo, we decided to do um, well-known people, Because, I suppose, having seen how Michelle Obama's words resonated and had such an impact and really opened up conversations, the Live Line show was brilliant for that as well. I lost five years of my life over the menopause. We need to start talking about the menopause in Ireland.
3: I had cyclical depression. I had tinnitus, tingling. I had dizzy spells. I had all over body pain. I had vertigo. I had brain fog. I had digestive issues. I had issues with my teeth. I was permanently exhausted. I didn't sleep. Um, And the list goes on and on.
0: Davina McCall's documentary, amazing. Terrible anxiety and
3: mood swings, panic attacks, weight gain, um, and loss of
0: libido. I really thought it was the beginning of the end. Feeling a little bit more anxious, feeling a little bit more irritable about things. Uh, Physically, it's definitely been the breakout of the old nice hormonal teenage spots on the jawline and on the chin.
3: At first it was anxiety, mood swings, kind of still have that now. Um, Now it's more itchy skin.
0: So with high profile, Women internationally speaking about it, we thought it was maybe time to approach some Irish women. And it was a tricky thing to do, I have to say, Denise, because there were some women who said, Look, I'd love to talk about it, but I'm in a career that's very public facing. You know, I have producers who are picking me for jobs, and I don't want to look like I'm kind of past it, because that is the terrible perception that can exist around menopause is that, you know, you're kind of somewhat dried up or something, yeah. you know, because there is, you know, youth is valued in in our society and that's the thing. It's always the next hottest young thing. So when you're coming to the end of that, if, you're, if your career is based on, you know, looking physically attractive, appearing vibrant, appearing... Nobody wants to think, I suppose, that... The person that is doing a very important job for them may be experiencing a lot of of personal issues in relation to health, you know. And unfortunately for women, that happens all through our lives, from menstruation to pregnancy to menopause. You know, we are always going to be at the mercy of hormones and the changes that are going on inside our body. And men don't have to deal with that, but we have to. And as a result, I suppose it means that we're extra challenge on that front. And the women that you did speak to, Andrea, and
1: that they were happy to speak out about it, really, they were saying something special and it was, let's talk about this and let's debunk the myths and let's, let's you know,
0: quit the taboo.
1: That yeah. was the message that a lot of those women had, wasn't it?
0: Well, I kind of put it to them that we wanted to look at it as what I wish I'd known about menopause. And it was amazing, Denise, how many people had never spoken about menopause with their own mothers and said that looking back, their mothers were clearly going through menopause, but they didn't realise. And, you know, there was one woman, Sheila Flanagan again, who, because she had been through it at 34, she said that she spoke to older family members and realised that early menopause was a, a feature of their family. But because people had children in the olden days, in their twenties, maybe they wouldn't realise that their fertility was on the decline in their thirties. So she was saying that luckily she didn't want to have children because if she had, she may have found the option was taken away from her, you know. And that's what I think people found, that it was really important to actually let people know that it's not linear. You know, the, the average age for menopause is 50 or fifty one, but. You know, it can start at 34. I spoke to a couple of well-known people who didn't want to be interviewed who are 60 and are around that age and said, I'm actually only going through it now. So I was going, well, that's like from 34 to 60. That's a huge age span, isn't it? You know, when you think about it. Like for my own menopause, um, it, I kind of sailed through it. I was very lucky, and Celia Holman Lee said the same. You know, various people. and a few, in fact, a few people that I approached said, "I'd love to talk to you," but I sailed through it. You know, and I was saying, "Well, that's also a very important message because I have heard as many people saying that they had a very very easy or straightforward experience, which is what I had." Um, compared to other women who, I mean, I, I know women who had to go to the doctor to get help with the, with anxiety and who are medicated because of it, you know, so there, there, it really is like every experience, I suppose, there is such a wide spectrum of the, the effect that it can have on you, you know, but it's really important to know that, to know that. I mean, I think it's really important not to scare people either, because when you hear of all the terrible things that can happen, you know, you presume that this might be coming down the tracks for you. But that's not true. You know, and it's not necessarily the case, you know. Dr. Kiva Hartley, GP
1: and menopause specialist and founder of the Menopause Health Clinic. What is menopause and what exactly are the symptoms?
3: Yeah, so menopause is uh, the term that we give to our final menstrual period. So it is our last period and it really marks the end of our reproductive life. But you don't know that it's your last period until you've gone a full 12 months with no further bleeding. So it's a diagnosis, I guess, that we make looking backwards or in retrospect. So after 12 months of having no bleeding, you're considered to be postmenopausal. And then your, your menopause itself is that last period. And a few years leading up until your last period, that's called your perimenopause.
1: And what would be the most common symptoms associated with perimenopause or with with menopause itself?
3: So I think with perimenopause, what a lot of women might notice is a change in the pattern of their menstrual cycle. Commonly, you might see your periods become a bit more frequent or for other women, they actually get further apart. Um, and And your bleeding itself can get a lot heavier. So you might find that your periods are actually very heavy or painful, even if they've never been like that before. And from a symptom perspective, then a lot of women, especially in perimenopause, when they're still having periods, they describe it's almost as if it's worsening PMS type symptoms. So that feeling you get before your period of being, for some women, it's maybe irritability or feeling a bit flat or feeling a bit tearful, accompanied by some of the physical symptoms like breast tenderness or bloating or even migraine headaches. They might get a bit more um, dramatic, so they can get worse and they might become more frequent. They might even occupy more of your month. With menopause then when your periods have stopped and you're not ovulating anymore and you're not really producing a really important hormone called oestrogen from your ovaries, we get different symptoms. Now mood and emotional symptoms can still be very common. It's actually a very common time in your life to be diagnosed with depression, unfortunately, but anxiety is common too. I think a lot of people are familiar with hot flushes and night sweats and they're often something that we see happen in menopause. About 70% of women will experience them at some point. And then there's lots of other symptoms. It's kind of head to toe because we have estrogen receptors right throughout our body. So you can get dry skin and dry eyes and you can have joint aches and pains, a disturbance in your sleep and then vaginal and urinary symptoms too. So things like vaginal dryness or painful sex, leading to pee more frequently, incontinence. Basically, as I say, yeah, it's, it's head to toe, unfortunately.
1: And do you think, Kiva, like we're probably not, maybe you might think differently, but you know, are we prioritising women's health as we should in this country? Where do you think menopause sits in terms of healthcare priorities? I often stand up here and I speak about breastfeeding, about, um, about you know, periods, about uh, different stages of women's lives. But one thing that I haven't spoken about and something that I was alerted to yesterday, there's a conversation ongoing in Irish in society at the moment about the menopause and um, really i think the fact that we don't talk about it even in this chamber despite the fact that it's been on joe duffy for several days does show that actually people are afraid to speak about some things in relation to women's health i
3: think Um, men i think women in general have been left behind often in terms of medical research and studies and i think there's a kind of historical attitude to women's health that needed to be changed like drastically. Um, and I think that that has been happening, but it's been very incremental and very slow. I think the last six months has seen a huge shift in attitude to menopause in particular. Um, I did my kind of menopause training. I started that in 2016. So I'm doing this about five years. Um, and it's the first time really in the last six months that I've noticed that there has been this huge kind of um, attitude shift on a social level on a cultural level towards women as we age and towards menopause so it's it's fantastic to see it but I think maybe having more uh, robust policy changes especially in the workplace to support women the way that we do for other things like with you know uh, I suppose mental health and and maternity and other kind of women's health issues too um I think that could be an important place to start access to care I think is really important as well I think with general practice is under huge pressure in this country and that creates you know it's difficult I think to to have the time to tease through a lot of these consultations are very individualized and are quite time consuming um I think access to things like hormone therapy which is by far the most effective way of treating menopausal symptoms and is a lot safer than we used to think it was um and having access to HRT I think can be really life-changing for
2: women too. Mary Mary Bourne. Uh, Mary, how old are you?
1: I'm 50. I was 50 last November. Mary, when perimenopause started for you, you were at a stage where you were kind of rethinking what you were doing in life.
2: I'm 11 years there. You want to be a singer? I'd love to be a singer. It's only in the last five years I've got the courage back into me to go out and do it. I was. I was working in Tesco's and my brother had kept asking me to go back out and sing with him and learn some backing and tracks and and I hadn't got the confidence because I had g- given up all that because I was just, I would no, no confidence in myself. But something was happening. Not only was uh, my monthlies going all over the place, but my mind was starting to get stronger and I started to feel better in, in me. I started to know who I was. I'm just a no
0: one with nothing to give you but
2: all I love you. And I was thinking, you know, if everybody else thinks I'm a good singer, why why can't I go out and do something like that? And of course, The X Factor is always a huge thing in my, in my life every Saturday. I watched The X Factor every Saturday for seven years before I went on it. So, but I still never thought I'd actually do it. But the menopause did, starting the menopause did actually push me to, I don't know why, and some people go through a hard time and I did, I had my moments, I had everything else, but I also had... It was like an epiphany. I just said, you're either going to change now. You're hitting your 50s. You're going through the change. You're either going to change something now or you're going to end up on this till for the rest of your life. And, you know, I just, it, it, it went on for, for weeks before I made any sort of decision. And when I did, I felt very empowered.
1: So it's like the menopause for you, Mary, almost kind of kick-started like a new lease of life or a confidence that you didn't have before.
2: It did. It made me realise that, you know, I think you know, your body is changing and you feel your body changing and, and every woman that's going to go through the menopause will tell you that. They feel different things like mood swings. They feel unwell. They feel sweaty. Obviously, the hot flushes. But they also, if, if you if you sit back and, and think, you know, is, are you going to let this happen to you or are you going to do something else? Even if it's just taking up a hobby or getting out and doing, you know, walking or going swimming. And, and that's, for me, what was going through my mind, I've got to do something. I'm hitting 50. I have a daughter who only has me. I need to do something with my life. And I've, I can sing. I've got, I've got a voice. Everybody tells me I've got a voice. So yes, menopause, while going through the menopause and while thinking of all the, the hot flushes and everything else, also, I was trying to tell myself, do something else. Don't just let this be the end of it all. So yeah, the menopause did not empower me. I, maybe not the menopause, but that time in my life. You know, give me give me courage and strength to to face me fears. And the rest is history. I, I'm still facing me fears every day.
1: And did you, Mary, did you experience any sort of symptoms that you'd kind of recall as being notable at the
2: time? I, you know, tiredness and and um, just kind of, oh, I suppose a little bit of brain fog. I'd come in and put the milk in the washing machine instead of the fridge. You know, little little things like that, or, or hanging out washing. I, I I would hang out some washing, and I'd leave the rest outside in the garden. You know, just literally just little things that your mind is kind of going blank, and and you're forgetting this, and you're forgetting that. I go up the stairs. Now, I mean, we all do this, but this became very noticeable for me. I go up the stairs to get something, and I would end up sitting on the bed thinking for about ten minutes. What the hell <laughs> did I come up the stairs for? You know, I couldn't couldn't even remember what I came up the stairs for. Now it would take me to go back down and then come back up. Yeah. To remember,
1: and you're probably tough on yourself then in the meantime as well because you're going because you're experiencing that kind of brain fog, like you call it.
2: Well, you are because, and then, and then, you know, in my family, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, um, dementia is, 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 is there. My sister is, is not well, she's in, she's in a home at the moment with dementia, so. When, when all this was going on in my young days, my mother had it as well. And, and I'm, you're kind of going up and down the stairs, got 50 odd years of age, and you said, Oh my God, am I starting dementia? So, yeah, it was, it was scary. And I think that's why I focused on something else rather than focus on what was happening to me. I tried to take myself away from that and, and, and try to be positive. And I do suffer with depression. So, you know, it's quite hard to be positive when you're going through something as hard as the, men- the menopause and, and, and depression. And to try and bring yourself out of that. So, you know, it taught me also that I can go down, but I can come back up just as strong. So I'm a very strong woman and I didn't even realise that. And, and I think going through the menopause taught me all these things, helped me to realise how strong I am of, of a, as a person. And every woman out there is as strong as that. It's just some people go through a harder time with the menopause than I did.
1: Mary, during that time then, where did you get your information on the menopause or what was happening to you? Was it from friends or the internet or a doctor or...?
2: I think uh, my doctor mostly um, well I had a male doctor at that time um, Dr O'Connell and uh, he wasn't very forthcoming so I, I would take leaflets from his thing he was, he was like he was a fairly o- open person but when it came to the menopause like he, he just kind of looking at me i about 50 heads you know so
0: how many men do you think could deal with the, the severest form of cramps, which literally feels like a knife being stabbed and, and turned? <laughs> when you think of all that a woman's body has to do over the course of her lifetime, going from being prepared to give birth to actually giving birth and then having that whole reproductive system shut down in menopause, th- there is power in that.
2: He retired and I went over to my other doctor now, Dr. Morrow, and she filled me in on everything. But literally talking to people who were going through it. I mean, I was on the till and I had, you know, people coming into me and I'd be saying, oh my God, I'm having an awful flush. And women would talk Mm -hmm. to me, you know, older women who had gone right through it and they would say, you know, just relax and they tell you all about what, and it can last for this length of times. So yeah, information came from all different quarters for me. But the doctor was my uh, first go-to. I went and got me leaflets. I spoke to her and she gave me whatever information she could give me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's just a matter of getting to know what's happening to your body and not being afraid of it. It is frightening and, and it can be scary for some women and it can be, you know, frustrating. Um, I was lucky. I went through it. I had good times and I had bad times, but I did get impairment And Mary,
1: what kind of advice do you think, just from your own perspective, you know, would you give to women that are approaching that time of their life now? Would you have any advice for them?
2: Oh, look, you know, to try and be as healthy as you possibly can, uh, food-wise, um, supplements, you know, go to your doctor, talk about anything that's happening to you, like if you're getting, you know, irregular periods, or your periods are getting heavier, tell them, get the blood test done and, and literally look after yourself. I mean, take whatever vitamins you need to take, you know, even in primroses, all that type of stuff. They do help in the long run when when this, when this your hormones start to change. But talk to your doctor. I mean, that is, that's your first point is to go sit down and tell them how you're feeling. You know, whether it's just before you actually start the menopause or you're in the menopause or just coming out of the end, talk about it. It's not a taboo subject. We are human beings. Every mammal on the earth will go through this. Every female mammal will go through a change in their body because we are who we are. And just look after yourself. Keep well and talk to your doctor.
1: And you're highly respected in the world of music, Mary, what do you think would be your anthem for that time of your life, the menopause?
2: Oh God, now, now you have me. You have me on a kind of thing. There's loads of different songs, but there is one um, song that, you know, it wasn't just sung by Shirley Bassey, but it was sung by somebody else, but it's called I Am What I Am. You know, I am my own special creation. So come take a look, give me the hook or the ovation. That's just, as far as I'm concerned, that's... Anthem for everyone
1: Would you be tempted Mary To give us a few
2: lines Oh uh, I'll give you a little bit I am what I am I am my own Special creation So come take a look Give me the hook Or the ovation It's one life And it's not a place You have to hide in One life It's time
1: Today's episode of the Indo-Daily was presented by myself, Denise Cullinan, and produced by Siobhan Maguire. Research was by Tabitha Monaghan and recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Our archive clips today were courtesy of Independent.ie, RTE, ITV's X Factor, the Michelle Obama podcast, Channel 4 and Shirley Serban with her Menopause Rhapsody, and singing us out was the one and only Mary Byrne. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.